0: Michael pushes away from the at last and looks at me. Is that okay, he asks, breathing a little hard. I look up at him. A little to your right, I say. No, you're right. Biceps flexed, he shifts, moving the a bit. I watch beads of sweat make slow progress down his cheek as he Right there, I sigh. Perfect. I have tears, I have tears. I can see. did not expect this from Jackson to do this. Wow. Okay, right. on with the episode. Welcome to Thursday, Aid Kit. Yay! <laughs>
1: Thursday kit. Do you? <gasps> I do indeed. Wonderful, uh, wonderful.
0: How are you doing this week, Nicole?
1: I am pushing through and I am here.
0: Listen, this is quarter two of 2018, and I think good things are happening, not least because here we are another week, another episode mm. of the splendid Thursday kit.
1: All right, Bim, now that I've recovered, <laughs> yes. well, let's talk about who we're going to uh, focus on today. It is a young, talented actor,
0: um, a man who has a lovely jawline. Beautiful Mm, lips. mm. Possibly the cutest nose in the universe. Oh, my God. Skin like butter. Fam. And just, like, you know, the lean physique of, you know, something that walked out of my dreams. We're talking today about Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Michael
1: Bay Jordan. Michael... Bay.
0: The B stands for Bay. It doesn't, but it does in this studio. I just have such a strong reaction to him. I love mm-hmm. him. I think he has, like I said, a very handsome
1: face, mm-hmm. which is also like a weirdly cute face.
0: Yes, it does a lot that face. Yeah,
1: it's like he. To him, he's definitely cute, sexy. Mm. Mm. A cute, mm-hmm. sexy. Yes, he. Oh,
0: yes, he is. <laughs> Ooh, yes, he is. <laughs> my apologies, I got carried away there. My, my apologies. He's that, uh, yeah. So he is that. if
1: you've been living under a rock mm. and you don't know who he is, mm. you may have seen him in All My Children. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, way back. Way back. He, yeah. he was a child actor, wasn't he? Yes. Mm. The Wire. Yes water. Yeah. Oh no, oh no! Oh don't start God. the I'll stop. I'll yeah. stop. Um A lot of you know network TV, Friday yeah. Night Lights, Parenthood. That's right. I loved him in Parenthood, even though he
0: was done completely dirty mm. by that show. Um, I agree. I love a guilty uh, white screen uh, writer, but <laughs> that was a that was a particularly egregious example of that. He was also in. He's done like a few films. Mm-hmm. You may have seen him in Fruitvale Station that he did with Ryan Coogler, which is a st- just an astonishing piece of work. Yeah, um, he was also, of course, as we know, in Fantastic Four, the noble failure. Who that was? Mm. Uh, that was he played the Human Torch, and never have I wanted to extinguish a flame uh, <laughs> as I did when I was watching that movie. And of course, most recently, he was, of course. Ah, the wonderful Marvel villain, maybe Marvel's best villain ever,
1: Eric Killmonger in yes. Black Panther. Who was not right, by the way. I keep seeing Thank Eric you. Killmonger was right. He was not right. He was
0: not right. Was not right but you we'll know who was right? Nakia was right. <laughs> Nakia is always right, but we'll talk more about that. Whew. All right, let's get into it. Michael Bay Jordan, Sweetie. Talk to me about Michael B. Jordan, Nicole.
1: Wow, you know sometimes I feel a little conflicted mm, uh, because go on. because he was a child actor, right? Yes, and I've yes. been I've noticed him in The Wire. Mm. I didn't know that he was in All My Children until a little later. Mm-hmm. But when I saw him on The Wire, he was a teenager, or at least playing a teenager. I'm not sure of yes. his age. He uh, was a teenager, was, then okay. Too. Um, in The Wire, mm. Michael played Wallace, who was one of the runners in Baltimore. Yep, the Buxdale Stringer Bell Empire. <laughs> yeah, listen. Ugh.
0: He broke yeah. my heart.
1: Absolutely, the children. Yeah, ruined me. Yeah. Like I would have dreams about them. But yeah. anyway, so uh, Michael B. Jordan as Wallace was. Uh, I mean, you could see the talent in him. Yes, beautiful crier. Oh, he was just. Go- and he had those little dimples,
0: yeah. incredibly cute. And he was playing this kid who you could tell, like so many of the the real children that that series is based around or based on. Mm-hmm. This idea of just this strong sense of wasted potential, wasted talent. Mm -hmm. He was so clearly in any other life, he was going to go so far. Mm -hmm. And instead he met at an incredibly tragic end, killed by, you know, men who literally two weeks before were children themselves. And the whole thing kind of just like, it was just this horribly, horribly layered like look at what can happen when you know talent and you, when, when the when the world kind of conspires to keep you away from what is yours by birth mm-hmm. and I kept thinking about how his face in that was such a compelling thing that when I saw him years later mm-hmm. you know on TV in another, in another show I was like oh my god Wallace like yeah. I felt like I knew him mm-hmm. and I think that's like his very specific talent where he has this intense connection with you right um, of course you could argue that that's a lot to do with the writing but I also think his performing mm-hmm. is just so
1: solid Mm -hmm. I love I love I
0: love looking at Michael B Jordan
1: yeah he's I mean he of course he's you know a treat to look at but his talent is amazing and it's um it was obvious from a young age from as soon as he got on the screen that he was gonna go far which we saw in other shows like Friday Night Lights and Parenthood
0: yes now I have um a lot of love for Parenthood Mm -hmm. I do not have very much love at all for the Mm storyline that they gave him Um, Neither do I. (laughs) I mean, listen. (laughs) The Bravermans are shit. Aren't they? Just a pile of actual human feces. But, 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 but. Again, Michael just shone. He was just this bright light. Like, I I remember watching him and kind of going, he's hitting every cliche I need him to hit. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like it's a cliche. You know, he's kind of, like, difficult. And he, you know, he's resentful of, or seems resentful of this rich white girl. And you're like, oh, gonna be one of those. And Mm then Michael's kind of like, no, you thought it was gonna be one of those. Look at me fucking act my way out of this fucking cul-de-sac that they've written me into. And he just killed it. This is, like, all small screen stuff we're talking Mm -hmm. about at this stage. But even on the small screen, his acting makes things feel cinematic.
1: Let's talk a little bit about Michael's character on that show, that Mm storyline, just very briefly. Okay. Alex, Mm -hmm. that's his character, was dating Hattie. Mm -hmm. It was the daughter of one of the main Mm -hmm. Bravermans, Adam. And when she brought him to the house, you know, and introduces him and everything, I just remember, you know, they're like, oh, is he going to be okay? You know, how are you sure that you should be dating him? And yeah. then they did the whole like, we're not racist. I you mean, know. to be
0: honest, I actually don't think the Brevermans were racist, but <laughs> I think there was something because it, it felt to me that, it, and this to me was a failure of the writing where they made him not just be this slightly older black boy slash man. Mm -hmm. But also, he was emancipated from his parents. Mm -hmm. Also, he was an alcoholic. Like, this kid is like 22 at the most. 21 maybe. And I was like, wait, he was homeless and an addict
1: and... Mom, come they, on. They put everything they could they put, on this They were like, all
0: right, so we've got an urban kid. What can we do? And they were like, all right, pile it on, pile it on. And I was like, this is actually not the wire. Somehow this kid has more problems than actual Wallace on the wire. But like mm-hmm. I said, I feel like Michael really kind of elevated even this shitty little role. And it made you think, oh, God, if he is managing to make
1: this not look as terrible as it clearly is, yeah. that's a talent. I think that is key to his abilities, that he can yes. elevate <laughs> Stuff that's kind of garbage. Yes. You know, recycle it. Yeah. <laughs> and make it into a lovely little treasure that we end up talking about on a podcast many years later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he reminds me of Will Smith and mm. the calculated ways that he chose his roles. 100%. 100%. Um, and, you know, his moves. Very strategic. Mm-hmm. And I feel mm-hmm. like Michael B. Jordan has studied. Yes the actors that came before him right
0: like he's trying to kind of succeed in the same way they did but also exceed that and he doesn't want to fail in the way they failed yes and i i respect it because normally i think that's that can be quite off-putting when you're kind of like mm, it's a little bit too calculated because that's that's the yeah. feeling that came with will smith where you're like right. mm, they're being a little bit too yes you know go with your heart but i feel like michael kind of look at me i, I don't know him
1: right but i feel like he is <laughs>
0: very much somebody who kind of manages to pack in some common sense Mm -hmm. but also going after passion projects Mm -hmm. so he's not failing too often we will of course be talking about Fantastic Four which was a noble terrible failure that was one that was one rare massive misstep but listen Mm -hmm. if anyone can come back from that shit it's Michael B. Jordan which is what he's done I feel like a lot of Michael's career is around this feeling of TV versus cinema, because mm. he started off so clearly on the small screen mm-hmm. and then slowly began to move towards the big screen. What was the first thing you saw him on big screen wise? Big screen? Mm. Oh,
1: um, I can't remember. Maybe Chronicle. Oh, really? Maybe. Mm. And I was surprised that I liked it. Um, <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. Because it, it wouldn't not have normally been a movie that I would go to see but I heard other people mm. talking about it mm. um, saying that it was better again than they expected so I went to check it out and yeah. he was—he should have been the star of the he movie he should have
0: been the star of the movie I feel like that is also another constant motif of this particular period of his career where mm-hmm. you were like you are better than everybody in this fucking project mm-hmm. why the fuck isn't your name above the marquee Yeah, God, he's, Chronicle is one of those weird films where you know low budget did massively well yeah. and I just kept thinking like you I was like Mm, that's the start. That yeah. guy over there, the one you killed midway through in the movie, that guy should be the star. But Yeah,
1: and just such an <sighs> emblematic thing, right? Of this Listen. angry white boy who gets powers and Listen. ruins friendships. And Listen. Whatever.
0: Okay, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> now see, I saw him in Chronicle, but then the next thing I saw was, I mean, again, it had this danger of being a victim of its own hype but there was fruitvale station so fruitvale station is about oscar grant the third who was um a young african-american man who mm. was fatally shot yeah. um in oakland uh back in 2009 mm, yeah and i remember seeing that and being so blown away like for the longest time i avoided it because i thought Same. to myself i don't i'm sure like everyone was saying it's amazing it's amazing And it is, no two ways about it. But I kept thinking, God, the fact that it's amazing is probably the thing that's going to kill me because it's going to be well done and it's going to be considered. And it's still, at the end of the day, going to be about the loss of black life, senseless loss of black life. And that, for the longest time, made me kind of go, do you know what? I'm going to just leave this one on the shelf. I'll come back to it. Mm -hmm. And then I did. And yeah, I mean, I was essentially destroyed. Yeah, it
1: it took me a very long time to see it. I think it took me maybe two years to watch it because... Mm. When you see it every day in the news, you really don't want to sit down and watch it in your spare time for pleasure, right? That's Um, really not
0: a pleasure at all. It's not. Even when you know that the performances are going to be amazing, the writing, the directing, all that stuff, you know it's going to be art. Mm -hmm. But it's art that is based on a very specific present pain. And you're just kind of like, you know what? I'm going to have some ice cream tonight. I'm not doing (laughs) that. I can't do it.
1: There was an incredible profile and interview of uh, Michael B. Jordan in GQ in 2015, mm-hmm. um, where he talks about what he wants to do with his career Mm -hmm. and he says that he wants to go out for um, roles for white characters that were originally written for white characters yeah he didn't
0: phrase it correctly Um, I'll be
1: honest with you because he ended up having to apologize about that
0: yeah because yeah that was clumsy phrasing yeah
1: and that I mean and we're we're gonna get into that very quickly because Mm -hmm. he was still fairly young Mm -hmm. at the time and he would say things in a very clumsy way Mm -hmm. that got him into hot water quite often so pretty (laughs) kind of clumsy with the words yeah yeah, um, but I think it's important that he acknowledged that he didn't just want to be a black character and mm-hmm. I know that, that again it's it's tricky to say and, tricky. and whatever but he shouldn't just be stuck playing these roles of a drug dealer of the troubled teen of right. the troubled you know man who's overcome some kind of stuff yes
0: yes yes yes. and I think also that's another burden for people that talented the urge to, for them for people to push you into these important you know mm-hmm. quote unquote important roles right. must be staggering and for you to resist and kind of go no I want to play something carefree and silly or whatever but at the same time playing these incredibly important you know almost documentary style roles Mm -hmm. where he's playing Tragic, horrible uh, stories like the story of Oscar Grant, and still managing to kind of put in this incredibly heartfelt, beautiful performance at the core of them. I think that's just an astounding. It's a difficult. It's, it's a very difficult thing to balance. Yeah, and I think Michael, for the most part, manages to balance it. But yeah, I mean, from from that, like we can then look at the other stuff that he did specifically with the same director, mm-hmm. because after he did Fruitvale Station with another. Equally crazily talented young black man by the name of Ryan Coogler. So he did this other movie called Creed. Mm. Now listen, Creed is technically in a franchise. Yes, and yet this is such a standalone perfect thing. (sighs) First of all, before because we've been talking a lot about Michael B. Jordan's talent. Can I just be one hundred percent at the (laughs) core
1: of this fucking already? I'm dancing already. What it do, Michael B. Jordan? Oh my goodness. Wow, the the physique Listen. on, a what was his name? Adonis. <laughs> Adonis. Hey! The, the, never... <laughs> yes, the physique on Adonis Creed. <laughs> wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. I can feel a guttural auntie laugh coming up from my gut. Hold oh, on. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I just. There's Ooh. a scene.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about the scene. <laughs> where he is running through the streets of philadelphia yeah he is like he's getting hype for himself yes. like he's training and he's got like all of his you know confidence on him and he's Bro. running through the streets and people join in and are like on the little dirt bikes behind him I, and um, all the stuff i'm actually shuddering in my chair right now remembering this i'm just kind of i'm doing a weird rocking motion i just i remember Ooh. in the theater like it was contagious yes. from the screen yes. into the audience yes. just getting hype for yes. him thing is but his body was covered mm-hmm. he was in sweats That's it was what I'm early saying. in the morning but you were still like yes you rocked those gray sweatpants Listen, oh my god my face did, is hot he did so much for gray sweatpants bitch oh my god i was so hyped. <laughs> look you cannot watch this scene without getting hyped. oh like, these little black boys Knowing the people are behind him makes him run faster. What a metaphor. Come on with bitch, it. Bitch, look at the slow motion run. Look at it.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, my God. I feel pregnant.
1: Ooh. And then the Rocky music comes bitch. in. Bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> look at the puppet wheelies. Yes. Oh. oh, my God. I'm so high. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, tackle your to-do list, bitch. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> You better strike through your to-do list. Look at this
0: motherfucker jump! Yes. Shadow box, my Come friend. On. Shadow uh. box. Yes. Bitler circling him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so hyped. Oh my god.
0: Jesus webs. What the fuck? This scene is magic. It's, it's... amazing. Oh my god. Oh. <sighs> yes. Okay. All right. Seriously, boy. Though, <laughs> grab me a fucking cigarette. Wow. This, to me, watching that felt like a sort of cinematic Viagra. But I feel like when I saw that scene, I was hard for hours afterwards. Oh, just oh muscles God. tense. Everything just felt alive. I felt like I was buzzing. I felt like I was... Yes.
1: it is. It really was Oh, my like God. Oh, I had to catch my breath. Oh, my God. One of those like really good orgasms where it's just... <laughs> like, you don't even, like... <laughs> You don't even, like, really make a sound. You're just Your mouth is just open (laughs) and your body has taken over and you just, like, dissolve. Bruh. Bruh. What's that line from that movie? I felt
0: like molecules. Like, I was watching it and I felt like I had disintegrated. And that was when I thought to myself, this is such an important thing because I hate boxing. I am not here for these kinds of particularly fighty physical sports. Mm -hmm. I'm just not here for it. Mm -hmm. And I watched Creed and I was like, when can we see this again? Because... Michael B. Jordan imbues in that role so much hotness but then and this is the next mm. clip i'm going to play mm-hmm. he does something also kind of weirdly miraculous yeah because his love interest in that movie played by tessa thompson mm-hmm. she's a singer called bianca and she's losing her hearing mm-hmm. and so that's like the, that's the big like you know at its core that's the big conflict in her life that she is this person who wants to make music but eventually will p- probably stop being able to make it or at least will not be, ex- be able to experience it in the same way mm-hmm. because of this condition she has and this scene is at her place When he goes over and they're being very, you know, they get into that stage where in that that early part of the relationship where you're kind of telling each other things and things are opening up and it's feeling really beautiful and they're sat on the bed together. He sat behind her. She's between his legs, mm-hmm. like her back against his front mm-hmm. and he's, he, they're talking and it culminates in something really quite beautiful. I know this because at least a million black women in my life swooned <laughs> and died yes. as a result of it and he's talking about his fears about taking on the name um, Creed because he doesn't feel like it belongs to him. Listen to this. So, what are you afraid of?
1: I'm afraid of taking on a name and losing Call me a fraud Fake creed What do you think about what's true? You love to fight, right?
0: Yeah, it makes you happy, right? Yeah Yeah, and you are Apollo Creed's
1: son, right? Yes So then use the name I
0: listened to that. I saw that scene. I listened to that speech and I was inspired myself. I was like, what a pep talk.
1: Yeah. Bianca,
0: come pep talk my life. Tell me, tell me how to lean into my dreams. But the important thing about that scene is that he is helping her take down her braids. Yes. Now, Nicole, I don't know about you. But that to me is top five most erotic things a person can even suggest.
1: Listen, you know, I've already done my drabble with Oscar Isaac detangling my hair. Yes, yes, yes. I'm feeling that whole scene. And like you said, every black woman that I knew Mm. was there with it.
0: Oftentimes when you have black women and hair on film, it's a case of her taking out like her fake hair, quote unquote fake hair to see the real her. And it's always kind of like, oh, a moment of realization. And in this, it was like, nah, fuck your expectation. We're gonna subvert that shit. It's gonna take out her braids because that's just what partners in love do. Right. It's fine. Right. It doesn't, it's not a it's not a symbolic moment. However, there is a moment of symbolism in this particular scene. A Stacia L. Brown wrote in her piece in the Washington Post, talking about that scene. And again, it was this idea of the conversation being the intimate thing. We're we're going to put a link to the piece that Stacia wrote for uh, Washington Post about this particular scene on our Tumblr. But there's just a line that I want to read to you from that piece. And she's talking about the scene with the hair. And she says, The conversation they're having is just as intimate and vulnerable as the act of untangling her tresses. They are talking about fears and so on and so forth. And I am here for men being vulnerable and open and saying things in moments where they feel comfortable and safe. And so shout out once more to Ryan Coogler and to Michael B. Jordan for making the scene. Yes. And Tessa Thompson, of course. Yes. That scene for me was just I I went into Creed with such low expectations. I was like, it's fine, it'll be, it'll be good, I yeah. guess, because it's Ryan Coogler. But I came away and I was like, all right, well, so we're gonna nominate this for best movie mm-hmm. at the Oscars mm-hmm. because it's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And I I tell people, I cried watching that film. I did not expect to cry at a fucking
1: Rocky movie. Right. And there's an extra layer to it because not only is Creed talking about taking his father's name, but also joining the Rocky franchise and Mm -hmm. the, you know, pressure of that because you're going to have these, you know... Fanboys. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Who love them some Rocky. Yeah. And they have a very specific view of what a Rocky movie should be mm-hmm. and, and should look like. Mm-hmm. And in comes Brian Coogler and specifically Michael B. Jordan taking on this role and just making it his in a very kind of compelling way where you're like, no, there's no doubt about this. This is a Rocky movie, but also no shade to your Rocky. It's a better Rocky movie it, than most Rocky movies. Yes, it absolutely it's is. It's just, I mean, the talent is astounding. But like I said, it's for me, this was a perfect marriage of just form just fucking beautiful and just the you know the story was also just on point which then leads us so smoothly into Black Panther which is the third collaboration between Ryan Coogler and and Michael B. Jordan yeah
1: and let's talk about Eric Killmonger man okay (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know Okay, let's let's back up a little bit because mm-hmm. at this point heading into Black Panther, yes, I'd seen Creed, but I was still a little cautious about my affection for Michael B. Jordan because, as we alluded to a little earlier, um, you know, when he was growing up and he became a young man, he said some things that were clumsy, that weren't yes. great, okay? I mean,
0: classic silliness. Right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just kind of had to give him room to grow up. And that's what he's done. Mm-hmm. So when I got into Black Panther... Mm-hmm. And we see Eric Killmonger. He first appears in a museum. Yeah, he does.
0: Okay. That look at the museum, by the way.
1: <laughs> wow. Bitch. <laughs> we know how I feel about hair. Listen. Living oh it right now, but I'm in the studio, but I'm actually not here. <laughs> I'm in that museum. And it's become a running joke now because this is what I actually did. <laughs> when he came on screen, yeah. I involuntarily, literally, <laughs> without my own knowing, moaned. That moan, I felt that in my chest. I was
0: like, wait. Wait, and I looked back, and you were you were so Im- like you were like, oh my god! Yeah, I could tell it had come out unbidden because you looked mortified. You were like, oh shit, my bad. Yes, sorry. And I was like, wow. I feel to be honest with you, Nicole, I felt honoured to have witnessed it because <laughs> I probably would have struggled to believe if someone told me, but I was there. I saw it. I heard it. And your face afterwards, you were like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh, so and we were also supportive. But but you know what? You moaned with good reason because he looks absolutely at the height of his hot powers. And I've never... I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a deeply sensible person mm-hmm. and I would never take up with the likes of an Eric Kilmonger. Mm-hmm. But I want to say I understood the good woman, good sis in that movie who was up with Michael until she suddenly wasn't. I right. mean, not Michael, Eric. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I wanted to kind of look at... I, I understood her position. Yeah. I was like, no, no, no. We've all been... Taken aback. Like, if this man can make Nicole unwittingly moan in a packed cinema, if Eric was a real-life person Mm -hmm. and was saying all his hotep fuckery, I'd be like, yeah, I'm into it, bro. Yeah, yeah, I would become
1: an instant pick me. Right, like, do you need me to go get your bottle of Egyptian musk from the (laughs) man on the street? I got you, boo. I
0: got some incense. What do you need? (laughs) And that's how potent he is. He's such a hot... I'm sorry, I remember looking at Eric... In that movie, the whole time, and the deeply unpc thing that happened to pop into my head every time was, "My God, he's such a hot piece of ass," which is <laughs> horrible. Okay, and I'm a card-carrying feminist, and I don't approve of such language, mm-hmm, except to mm-hmm. say it's true though.
1: And you know, once you get into the film, and then Killmonger is trying to do his uh, fulfill his purpose mm. in in the film, and he says some, you know, fairly heavy-handed lines. I thought so heavy-handed. Um, but you know, there were a lot of moments where he was shirtless.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's all scarred up, right? Yeah, he's got he some has scarification. Like, he's got like a specific scar for every kill he's ever made. Yes. Like that is the that's the reasoning behind his yes. scarred upper body. But listen, I I felt bad for every single lost soul. And,
1: you know, I've seen that some people who have trypophobia, which is Mm. a fear of clusters and circles, they were having some issues with the makeup that, you know, reflecting the um, Mm -hmm. scarification. So if that's you, you know, maybe, you know, be aware of that. Yeah. But... Still you could see the muscles through Listen. the makeup. Yeah,
0: the muscles. I the bit that also kind of got me is when he's fighting with T'Challa. I don't think it's a spoiler to say at this point. Right. He's fighting with T'Challa and he's got a, he takes his top off and he kind of points his you know his weapon <laughs> at T'Challa and kind of goes, you know, like let's fight. And he's wearing like these black trousers, like a drawstring kind of situation. And you can just see the V of, like, at the base of his abs. Mm. And again, like, listen, I don't care too much about muscles, you know? Like, whatever. I'm certainly not muscly,
1: so fam. Listen. I don't
0: expect you to bring anything that I'm not bringing to the The table. The only muscle
1: I got is my heart. Oh, God, shut up.
0: But (laughs) in that scene, when he's wearing those trousers, and you can just look, and his hair is all just, you know, askew. And he's ready to, like you said, fulfill his purpose. No pun intended. <laughs> and I just I just remember looking at that and kind of going, do you know what? Yeah, fucking kill T'Challa. Do what you've got to do, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just became this. I was like, if you've got to kill him, yeah, just kill him, innit? Yeah, just kill him. It's fine. <laughs> I was so on board <laughs> with Michael <laughs> B. Jordan as fucking Eric Kilmong. I was like, yeah, do, do what you have to do. I support you. I
1: support and then... You. Some little behind the scenes stuff that happened between Michael B. Jordan and Lupita Nyongo. We don't know the uh, particulars of it, but there was a bet that happened between them. Yeah. He lost the bet. Yep. And so he had to do a set of push ups. Every Anytime she wanted. Mm-hmm. She would just be like, she's going to, you know, she called him over and she'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, 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 oh, do the push up. And he would do that push up. Listen, potent fucking shit.
0: Again, I am not someone who exercises willfully. And yet I was like, now nah, you should be doing push-ups, bro. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good thing to be doing. Yeah, do, do more I of them.
1: loved it. That like, whole press tour was beautiful. Yeah, they would be in the middle of an interview on the stage in front of like hundreds of people. And she's just like, oh, yeah, hit that for me. And he would do it.
0: <laughs> I, I love it so much. It's so good. It's so, so good. So there was also around this press time when he was doing this. Uh, he, he did an interview with Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. And they have this video series where they ask stars what their secret talent is. Mm. And Michael B. Jordan's secret talent was ironing, he said and he does this video and it's very tongue-in-cheek and we'll post a link to it on our Tumblr but in this video he kind of repeats this particular phrase and it's so tongue-in-cheek and I wanted to be irritated and instead I was utterly, utterly charmed and I think it's because of his fucking dimples. Here it is.
1: My name is uh, Michael B. Jordan and my secret talent which is not about to be a secret anymore is ironing. It's a pretty wrinkled shirt as you can see. Lay it down like that on the back. Take the iron. Smooth, deliberate strokes. I don't like it too crispy. I don't like too many creases, but just enough to get rid of the wrinkles. I mean, it's kind of therapeutic. Oh, my know? God. You can hear the water in the iron. Yeah. It's doing a lot for me it's right now. It's doing so much. You know I love a domestic bae. Oh, and, my gosh. You th- like this so much that I, you changed your
0: Twitter background. Yes, I did. My Twitter background I just has a screenshot of Michael B. Jordan's hands on an iron and the just the caption, smooth, deliberate strokes. And I stand by that and I've asked my mother never to go to my Twitter page, but it is what it is. Michael B. Jordan ironing, it turns out, is the kink I did not know I had. There was something that has been a constant in Michael B. Jordan's interviews over the years and kind of really came to a head, especially now that he just finished doing Black Panther. And that is his love for anime.
1: Right, and yeah. he's been vocal about this for years, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay? Um, in a 2014 interview when he was doing a press tour for that awkward moment, somebody asked him what his guilty pleasure was. Mm, and, and love this. The cast was writing on um, pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. Michael B. Jordan holds up his piece of paper. It says women, mm-hmm. like women is his guilty pleasure. But if you look, if you look, crossed out. <laughs> I love it. With the word anime, he's
0: such a goober. I love it. I love it. I love it because I just love this idea of this incredibly handsome, cool, you know. And you have like there is like a, a feeling, I suppose, among certain people that anime is kind of like this thing that certain certain people are really into, and they do it at the at the at the expense of like you know real life and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, nah. A lot of people fucking watch anime and love anime. And I'm one of them. So much so that I, my guilty pleasure is anime. Wait, no, no, no. Women. Right. I just love it. It's such an unsmooth thing for a guy
1: to do. Right. I love it. It really humanized him for me. I was like, oh, bless. Yes. And that's how a lot of people react. They were like, yeah. oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yes. But then there was a certain group of people. hmm and I, I tweeted this, but a lot of people love anime. It's the gatekeepers that we have a problem with. Right. When the people, you know, the, the usually men, mm-hmm. okay, are just like, "No, you can't like anime." Okay, if you like anime, who, who, name, uh, uh, exactly. uh and then they want you to prove yourself. Yep. You shouldn't have to prove that you it's, like something. Don't. A you know, don't haze me.
0: Right. It's that fake geek girl thing. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. And Michael B. Jordan, listen, and someone else pointed out, somebody was like, I saw this great tweet where somebody was like, uh, oh, now you all love anime, mm-hmm. uh, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, this man, he lives at home with his parents uh, and right. watches anime. But if it was me, someone was like, yeah, but you don't look like Michael B. Jordan next. Yes. And I thought to myself, correct answer. Stop comparing yourself to Michael B. Jordan. Do you look anything like Michael B. Jordan? Do you bite your lip like Michael B. Jordan? Do you have the abs mm-hmm. of Michael B. Jordan? Do you have the staggering talent of mm-hmm. Michael B
1: Jordan? No. Sit down Sit down And Michael B. Jordan Corrected people He was like my parents live with me
0: hey listen
1: you know his parents are older i think mm-hmm. they have some health concerns that so he wants to make sure that they're being taken care of mm-hmm. and so he's mm-hmm. like i'm doing the right thing he i have doing the right thing. i have the means to take care of them this is what i'm gonna do exactly and as a nigerian i've mentioned this before
0: i fully expect that one day my parents will probably come live with me so i need someone who can understand what that means and i feel like michael B. Jordan will be like yes yeah, they oh. bring your family in because they're coming <laughs> anyway you might as well be on board bro but to go back to the anime thing he mentioned this I I love this idea also because you know Eric Kilmonger has a very specific look Mm. and apparently the vest that the war corset that Mm -hmm, he wears mm -hmm. is actually a sort of homage to Dragon Ball Z. Shut up. Sis. I did not know that. Bruv like I think it's absolutely stunning when I read that it made me so Ah, so happy I I thought you know what imbue Mm. your fucking murderous fucking character with some whimsical, you know, touches, like a fucking Dragon Ball Z vest. Like, I just, I love it so much. And yeah, I love, I love Michael. I think he's, you know, he gave this, you know, he did a 73 questions video with Vogue, which kind of had a little moment where he was with his parents, which Mm -hmm. is a very, very sweet moment. I thought that was so charming. Mm -hmm. But it also kind of helped dispel a couple of things. Now, you mentioned before that there was um, some issue regarding... The interview that he gave to GQ where he mentioned that some fans of his had been unhappy. Mm -hmm. Or rather, the interviewer mentioned that some fans seemed unhappy that you appeared to be dating Kendall Jenner. And he gave this answer that was, as we've said,
1: clumsy. Part of the issue was he kept referring to women as females. The mark of a dickhead. Yeah. Mm. And the problem, if you're unfamiliar with being called female, if you're a woman... Is that it loses your humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a female what? Like female what? You know
0: (laughs) a female stick. What is it? What is a female?
1: There is a word for Uh female which is woman. For female human beings. Yes, for female human beings, it's woman. He
0: then had to write and express an apology. Yes. To women. And he
1: not just to women, to black women. Yes. And where was this published? Of course he had to put it in Essence Magazine. And this was 2015, and it is a stellar apology. In
0: as much as an apology can be. Yeah, I mean fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, we hear
1: so many apologies especially from men Mm -hmm. Um, but this one was really, really good.
0: Part of the thing that he said in the Essence Apology which I truly, like I said, I mean I urge you uh, as a scholar of apologies, just just go have a read of it. He says I deeply regret and am ashamed that I said anything to disappoint or disparage black women. I apologize with my whole heart for referring to women in the way that I did. The word female used in the manner that I did is dismissive and strange Strips women of their humanity. This reference to women will not come out of my mouth publicly or in private again. Bitch.
1: That is a stellar apology. I was aroused
0: reading it. But it was like an arousal that was tempered with, I mean, all apologies are terrible. Mm. But this was not bad. Bearing in mind your sins. Right.
1: Because what he did, he listed his mistakes, Mm -hmm. showing us that he knew what he had done wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He said what he was going to do to um, rectify the situation mm-hmm. in public and in private. Wow.
0: That's the, that's the stuff. And then he made good on it and he went the fuck away. Yes. And we love a man who apologizes and then just gives you some fucking room to get over it. Mm-hmm. And that's what Michael B. Jordan did. And then he reemerged mm-hmm. like a butterfly who was once a caterpillar. And at this time, he came back fresh out the gym. <laughs> looking like god's love and obviously you're lovely to look at oh you're a bit of a dickhead wait you you seem to be learning mm-hmm. and that is the hottest like that's the hottest journey a man can take stop being a dick and
1: become a man <laughs> it's wonderful isn't it Absolutely. And now Michael B. Jordan has his own production company Mm. called Outlier Society Productions. Look at that. He recently announced that they're going to adopt what's called inclusion writers, Mm -hmm. making sure that the sets for the movies and the different projects that that he's working on that are producing, Mm -hmm. um, that they have many people from different backgrounds, that it's not going to be lily white. It's not going to be straight. It's not going to be male. Yeah. So that is a perfect sign Mm. of growth. I mean, he's just just keep surprising us. it's a good marker like again
0: inclusion writers is listen we'll see it when you do it obviously right but even adopting it it's just this nice idea that you get to do stuff and i feel like he's also taking a big stand in kind of being you know a responsible black man regarding Mm -hmm. the kinds of stories he's telling he's producing like a thing with netflix so i'm proud of him for at least attempting to glow up in like a mental way
1: Because the physical stuff is at a point. And it's also just showing the way that he's learning from the people that he works with, specifically Mm. Ryan Kugler, who has a very inclusive set.
0: A better role model and mentor he could not ask for. So, you know, it's truly something, truly something magical. And for that, we are so
1: grateful. So thankful for you, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, God, yeah. Michael (laughs) Bay.
0: Bim. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, I have a question. Yes, please. Can you tell me what time it is, please? Yes, I can. It's time for Thirst familiar. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the bit of the show where we talk to our listeners, or rather they talk to us, leaving us a very brief message, asking us to help them widen their thirst palette. So, for example, <laughs> if you're a fan of uh, Hollywood Chris's and you've been focusing your attentions on Chris Pine, we might suggest that you, you know... Just veer a little bit left and have a look at Christmasina or something like that. So this week we had a wonderful voicemail from the lovely, the sweet and just utterly thirsty Maureen. Maureen, you left us a a wonderful voicemail. Let's have a listen. Hi, I'm Nicole. My name is Maureen and I have a real problem. Um, I am way too thirsty for Gina Rodriguez, uh, star of Jane the Virgin, and Annihilation and a bunch of other great things. Um, I am calling you guys today, asking for a lifeline, because I am so in love with Gina Rodriguez. It's becoming borderline creepy. Like, Instagram notifies me when she posts. That seems unacceptable to me. Um, (laughs) Please, please help me find another... A uh, woman that I can thirst after, so I don't feel like a giant creep all the time. Thanks. Right. Oh, Maureen. <laughs> Maureen. <laughs> um, I love that message. I need to not feel like a creep.
1: Right. Say, Maureen. Say. Yeah. Um, well, to stick with the Gina family, mm. I'm going to recommend Gina Torres. Yes. She is gorgeous, yes, she is. smart. Mm. You know, an activist. Like she is like. Yeah. Everything in one. Yeah. Um, And she's about to have a new show. Mm -hmm. It's untitled right now, but it's a spinoff of the show Suits, where she was starring for several years. And the thing about... Um, gina torres maureen is that she is not on social media so you won't have to worry about following her online Mm. and it becoming too much you know you can just kind of just get the news you know every now and then and then since she's going to be on uh, tv again soon with with her spinoff you're going to be able to see her on your tv every week so you know a good healthy amount without going (laughs) too far over wow
0: this is the best best testimony ever i love it a healthy amount you know, two pervs a day. I feel like, I feel like it's, uh, that's a really solid choice. Good, good, good decision. The thing that Thank you did, you. you just said gorgeous and that's, you know, a wonderful word. Yeah. But I also just want to point out that Gina Torres has a body that will not quit.
1: Oh my god! Can gosh. we just talk about that? Yeah, she should okay. have played Wonder Woman at some point. Fun. Like beyond, she's and she's done the voice. She's
0: done the voice, but I want to see her in the, yeah. I want to see her in the outfit. Oh my God. Oh. Oh, I love her. So Maureen, listen, I am not as healthy as Nicole is. <laughs> and listen, I don't know how to help you with your Instagram notifications. But I think that you absolutely should be following Candace Patton. Oh, yes, I love her. I love her too. She is currently playing Iris West Allen on The Flash and The CW. She is everything that Gina is and different at the same time. So she's incredibly cute. She has that classic girl next door, just like Gina Rodriguez has. She has the cutest fucking smile. She has stunning hair. Okay. Mm-hmm. And again, has that just that nice tightness she just looks like a (laughs) she looks like a steak she's just gorgeous and she's also like a really sweet actor and i really love her as you know iris on the flash i think she's just like i want her to have a wonderful career and i need her to get out of the flash very 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 soon and she also has that thing that gina has which is kind of like you know beneath the surface is like this you know steely resolve mm-hmm. you know a kick-ass feeling mm-hmm. so that that's that's my recommendation a little bit of Candace Patton
1: see see how far it gets you Let's, yeah uh, yeah and Candace is active on social media she so is. you can still follow her right. and get all the notifications that you all want them.
0: she has like a cute little dog she posts like songs that she's listening to you can really you know get in her life in a you know borderline but not too creepy way so right. I feel like this is the that's that's the happy medium for you
1: Maureen, we hope that this has helped you move on from obsessing about Gina Rodriguez. And if anybody else out there requires the services of the Thirst Sommeliers, give us a call. We're at 765-884-4778. That's 765-8THIRST. Okay,
0: Nicole, I feel very strongly (laughs) that this week's Drabbles, this week's Fanfic Wars, is going to be stellar. (laughs) And the reason why I think that is you have quite a mischievous glint in your eye, and I am slightly terrified, but always intrigued. (laughs) And I can't wait to hear what you have written, what scenario you have written involving Mr. Michael Bay Jordan, but I'm really, really fucking ready.
1: Okay, I just want to say that after last week's Drabble, Mm. I know people may be expecting... Uh, something you know, a little intense, really. But <laughs> oh god, I would like you to lower your expectations, please. You always say
0: that, and then you pull out a fucking bunny out of your hat. Just fucking <sighs> read it. Okay, oh. I'm just gonna read it. Okay,
1: <laughs> <clears throat> we'd been on the teacups twice, sneaked kisses in the tunnel of love, licked powder from funnel cakes off each other's fingers. But by the third time, I'd maneuvered away from the roller coasters. Michael was on to me. He asked, You afraid of roller coasters, girl? Those dimples soothing the edges of my anxiety. (laughs) I don't want to be decapitated, I blurt. He laughs at me, then kisses my temple, calling me adorable. Then he pulls me along to one of those strongest man meters. You know, the kind where you slam a huge cartoonish hammer down and a little marker shoots up to tell you you're a weakling or a god. Michael winks at me while we wait in line. I wrap my arms around him, press my face between his shoulders. His shirt is a little damp. The sun has worn us down, but I don't mind. He smells like a day on the beach. He gathers my hands together and kisses them before holding them against his chest. We begin to sway together like that, the music of each other, all we need. <laughs> Uh, sweet with michael Peters shut the fuck up <laughs>
0: get out of my house get off my land don't so you want to be sweet with michael peter oh man mate okay that was incredibly yeah. charming
1: thank you that was incredibly sweet thank you but Bam. yes what, what do you have for us today oh no
0: not that <laughs> oh God. All right. This time we've actually left the house. So I'm not even being domestic Ooh. bimmed in it. Fam, it's a farm. It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. <laughs> Michael has moved you. <laughs> I wish you would. All right. <clears throat> the song wound down and I saw Michael drop slightly at the waist to his tiny dance partner and begin to wend his way back to our table, smiling in my direction as soon as he caught my eye. I loved to watch him walk in a suit. And judging by some of the wedding guests' lingering glances, I wasn't the only one. Mm. He finally arrived and dropped heavily back into his chair, kissing my cheek in one smooth movement. It was his third such return in the last 15 minutes as yet another of my little cousins came up to him and shyly asked him for a dance. No doubt encouraged by some of their smirking mums, a.k.a. my cousins. They knew he was a soft touch. None of the other boyfriends and spouses was being anywhere as indulgent and he was good-natured enough not to complain. He was on boyfriend duty, and he was passing with flying colours. No two ways about it. Michael was a hit. I slid him a slice of the wedding cake I'd snagged while he was cutting up a rug with my nine-year-old second cousin, Tola. Eat, I said. Tola is exhausting, and you need to keep your energy up. He bit his lip and (laughs) smiled broadly. I do, he asked. You do, I repeated, before leaning in closer to the shell of his ear. Because I want to dance with you next. And then the song after that too. His laugh rumbled in his chest. Oh, okay. I see how it is. You all just want me for my twinkle toes. I pulled back to look directly in his eyes. Oh, that's not all I want you for, I said. I need someone to watch Naruto reruns with as well. He laughs, kisses my hand, and pulls me onto
1: the dance floor. Well, we got Dancing, Michael B. Jordan in both of our travels this Mom. week. Oh, my God. When you look at someone and you think, I bet he can dance.
0: Yes. And then you write from your heart. Yes. This is what happens. Yes. I just I just want to spend time with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, let's just sway together, <laughs> All right, Michael. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine the two of you and me just coming up behind and hugging you all too. It's so like, mm. mm-hmm. just- <laughs> just <laughs> first thinking of Michael having a little dance. Oh my god, Michael, Michael, Michael. I mean, listen, as we say, we mean it every week, but yeah. we, we, we genuinely mean it. There are no losers here. However, there will be a poll up yes. on our Twitter mm-hmm. and you can vote for your favorite drabble. This week's fanfic wars. I mean, do you want to dance with Michael at a wedding or with him on a fucking fairground? it's up to you You get to 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 vote. that will be on our twitter which is at thirst aid kit on twitter and you can you know send us an email if you want tell us tell us your own michael b jordan travel tell us tell us the scenario in which he's dancing with you (laughs) um send that to thirst aid kit at buzzfeed.com
1: and of course we'll post everything on our tumblr as well first aid kit is produced by us Bim Adewumi and Nicole Perkins Julia Furlan and TK Dutess our music is by Tanya Morgan and you can follow us on Twitter at First Aid Kit and
0: we're also on Tumblr at First Aid Kit Podcast um, we are also on Twitter at TN Whiskey Woman that's Whiskey with an E and Bim Adew B-I-M-A-D-E-W
1: thank you Maureen for sending in that lovely voicemail if you require the services of the Thirst Sommeliers give us a call leave a brief message at 765-884-4778 that's 765-884 thirst and for our international listeners you can send us a brief voice memo at thursday kit at buzzfeed.com
0: thank you so much for listening we appreciate it every time so please head on over to apple Podcasts and extend your good deed rate and review the show please to help other people discover it and it also makes us feel nice when we read what you think uh feel free to live tweet your listen using the hashtag t-a-k-p-o-d tack pod and remember we also accept praise and love via inbox so
1: send us an email at firstaidkit@buzzfeed.com. at Huge thanks to those of you who bought tickets to come to our Thirsty Movies Magic Mike XL screening at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, New York on April 24th. Listen if you want a movie night like this in your city what you need to do is call up your local theater, see if they'll have us and if they will we'll come there. Yes, we
0: will. Have first, <laughs> will travel. Okay, we can't wait to lust out loud with you. And listen, we'll be back next week if you can't make it to the cinema. But remember, as always, to stay first. Bye. Bye. Superb. All right, so we're going to begin. Hi, Nicole. We are gonna begin with a little we we do not allow Darcy. Why do you leave Darcy the fuck alone? Okay? Leave Leave Darcy out of it, okay? (laughs) Darcy's just trying to live her life, all right?